0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Next Big Thing in Health, a podcast from AHIP. I'm your co-host, Matt Isles.
1: And I'm Laura Evans.
0: Today, our guests are Hilary Martin-Resnick, the CEO of UCARE, and Joel Tyson, CEO of LifeSpark. Hilary and Joel are on the leading edge of a critical area of healthcare delivery, senior care. We will talk with Hilary and Joel about everything from community-based care to technology and how new approaches are helping seniors feel less isolated and better cared for.
1: At Moms Meals, our mission is to improve life through better nutrition at home. Through tailored meal benefits designed to meet the unique needs of their members, we have helped health plans realize cost savings through fewer readmissions, shorter inpatient stays, less emergency department visits, and improved outcomes. Learn more at MomsMeals.com.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us.
2: It's going to be great. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. Why don't we go right in and, and maybe Hillary, I'll start with you. It's been really uh, amazing to watch you at UCARE and maybe we can start with what drives you as an organization. Um, we know that UCARE is at the forefront of innovative approaches to senior care. Why are you thinking about reinventing senior care and what are the issues and challenges facing this population that you really felt needed to be addressed?
3: Thank you so much, Matt and Laura, for the opportunity to share the innovative work that UCARE and LifeSpark are doing to reinvent senior care. As you know, UCARE is a community-based plan with a history of innovation and driving value, and we do that through unique community partnerships. We aim to provide our members a path to the best health for their lives. In Minnesota, we're projecting to have a million seniors by next year. And there'll be nearly 81 million nationally by 2040. And so as the population ages, there's a greater urgency to provide a more seamless whole person experience for seniors through an experience that integrates all dimensions of care while focusing on value, outcomes, and convenience. One of the biggest healthcare challenges faced by older people is a lack of coordination among services. And we have a system that's sometimes more reactive than proactive in addressing health issues.
1: Hillary was talking about how enormous this, uh, you know, the senior growth of the business is, the industry of senior care. Um, what, what are some of the other ways that you're rethinking senior care? Let me give this one to you, Joel. Um, how are you integrating in-home care and technology right now? This is so enormous and it is such a growing population. So something obviously we need to take, take advantage of and, and really pay attention to
2: it really is about the opportunity to bring, uh, you know, health home, right? I mean, everybody likes to say, you know, bringing health home and, and we're doing it. And so we're doing it through uh, unique partnerships. We're doing it through, to your point, uh, Lori. you know, you asked about technology. A lot of the ability to serve this population at scale in a sustainable way needs to be highly efficacious and, and highly uh, intentional about the build. And so technology allows us the insights, the, the data, and the analytics to be able to go from really a reactive sick care system to a proactive preventive predictable opportunity to serve these people on a health standpoint not just a care standpoint. So that's why I'm really excited about this and and that's where I think home and technology are critical to the to the to what people want, right? I mean these are boomers. They want they want the 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 freedom. They want the independence. So that's that's what gets me excited.
0: That's that's so Great to hear, Joel. And, you know, when I unpack a lot of what you say, I I think about the 360 degree perspective that health insurance providers have. And and people ask me, like, why are you so passionate about health insurance providers? Because are the really only entity within the system that does have that 360 degree view. And you know, one of those key pieces is around care coordination. And I know it's something, Hillary, that you and uh, UCARE think about every day. How do you connect people to the right care at the right time? So how is UCARE doing that with senior care?
3: Matt, I'm so glad you asked that question because you're exactly right. Too often the healthcare industry focuses on, on specific conditions instead of taking that 360 view of the whole person. And so managing care effectively is about ensuring that our members have the right care at the right time and at the right place. And so we have a team of care coordinators that do a really thorough job assessing our members' health. And they also assess things like home safety and other social risk factors. And they help our members schedule and keep appointments, receive transportation and interpretation services, and even help with things like housekeeping and snow removal, which as you can imagine, is quite important here in Minnesota. (laughs) So then we also have programs such as healthy savings programs and mobile market programs to help these members get healthy, fresh food at affordable prices.
2: So as as Hillary said, and and Matt asked, the the 360 view, when people talk about that, some things to different people and different things to different people, right? I mean, a 360 view, when we think about that, is really that holistic view. And, And Hillary, obviously, they're doing that at UCARE, and we're doing that with them at UCARE in the sense of, you know, it's really about understanding that. Uh, consumer really at a deep level. And it starts with building trust and asking all the right questions and shutting your mouth, right? I mean, it's discovering what's important. To get a 360 view, you really have to listen very, very well. And then you have to incorporate a lot of data, which is the claims data, the health history data, the social determinant data. And quite frankly, healthcare has been about 15 to 20 years behind in this 360 view, quite frankly, because like Amazon and Google, they've, they've figured out how to get consumerism healthcare is a little bit behind. So we're actually at LightSpark buying like data from Axiom and and again, working with Hillary and team on, on aggregating a lot of data to really understand from a data perspective, but then from a human perspective, Hillary talked about care coordination and life management where those humans need to go in and explore to round out that 360 view. So we really deeply build that trust and understand to be able to serve them in a person-centered world, right? And that's, that's really the ultimate goal of 360 is to deliver person-centered services uh, that are relevant to that human.
1: Mm-hmm. So so one of the obvious recent examples of the needs, need to strengthen senior care is obviously the COVID pandemic. So it, we saw that hit seniors harder than any other population. How is UCARE helping that group recover? And, and Joel, um, What would you say in terms of how it's helping older populations? Well, how how is UCARE helping older populations not feel so isolated? How are they getting the care that they need right now?
3: Laura, the pandemic truly changed everything for all of us, but this is especially true for seniors. Our teams at UCARE are agile, and they're prepared to innovate quickly in response to changes in the community. For instance, during the pandemic, we created a new community response team that checked in regularly by phone with members, especially our most vulnerable members, to ensure they had access to the care they needed as well as the social supports. And one of the things that made this team so effective is that they understood the challenges our members were facing because the team comes from many of those communities. They speak their languages, they understand their cultural barriers, and so they could make personalized connections and referrals in a way that was culturally responsive. And and there's so many examples I can share, Laura, such as a fantastic program we offer that directly addresses loneliness, and it's helping seniors recover from the devastating isolation that impacted so many from the lockdown. This is a program called our Senior Companion Program that we offer through a partnership with Lutheran Social Services of Minnesota. And through this partnership, we provide customized support and most importantly, friendship, for older adults who want to live at home, stay healthy, and remain as independent as possible. And and the way the program works is that trained volunteers visit the participants a few hours each week, and they offer friendship and support. But the really cool thing here is that our members are both volunteers and recipients of the services. And many beautiful friendships have grown from this program over the years. And Joel, I know you have some thoughts on this topic as well.
2: Yeah, thanks, Hillary. And I think, yeah, You know, COVID, Laura, was a really challenging and obviously destructive time. At the same time, COVID really was an accelerant to this firestorm that's been brewing in senior health and senior services for a very long time. You know, some people like to say, you know, don't don't, don't let a crisis go to waste and all that and, you know, kind of reform off of a crisis. And COVID was tough. Don't get me wrong. Hillary and I both know that it was very tough on our senior populations, but it really exposed the... The, re, the reactive sort of very uh, uh, fragmented system that we have around these folks. So we see this as an opportunity, right? To do complete senior health right. And that's really why LifeSpark and UCARE have come together in a lot of ways to figure out and to put, put our teams together, to put our thoughts together, to put our data together, put our operations together in some ways to build a unique new platform that actually goes out and serves these people in the least restrictive environment at home and does this in a proactive manner. We call it life management, where we have life managers that explore and discover these these holistic plans. And then we deploy even up to the level of advanced practice, nurses, physicians. We will go anywhere, any place, anytime, 24/7, 365, to make sure that we're there for these folks that need us, that are the most vulnerable. you know, COVID was an accelerant. I don't think it was, it was, it was actually camouflaging some of the problems and some of the issues within our broken system. So that's how I feel about it. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're taking this as far as in the opportunity side is to do it right.
1: Yeah. No, I love what you're saying about taking that opportunity and using it to, to your advantage, to everybody's advantage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Hillary, you also mentioned, you know, the importance of the home. And we know people were both isolated in the home, but it's also where uh, so many seniors would prefer to be cared for. I mean, they're comfortable there in their homes. And we know that That's a critical part of the goals with LifeSpark. So maybe you could talk about why that's so important. And and Joel, jump in here too, as well.
2: You know, what we saw during the pandemic, so just one of the things that people really got excited about was like remote patient monitoring, telehealth, right? So everybody did telehealth and there was a big burst of telehealth because we needed access, right? Because there was a lot of loneliness, there was a lot of isolation, there was a lot of loneliness. There weren't people traveling, so what we did as a company is we we kind of we put the masks on, we put the gowns on, we went and met them where they're at, right? I mean, uh-huh. we actually we put a we put a icefish house on on steroids out into kind of high high risk environments where we were putting disposables and technology and in interaction with telehealth in certain communities out in through COVID. So there was a lot of kind of crazy stuff that everybody was doing. Uh, but as it normalized, and as what we learned from that, though, is we need to do much better at creating an intentional community around these individuals, right? We need to create intentional relationship around these each individuals. And so outside of that, what LifeSpark's doing is, is truly bringing that family and those daughters and sons and their local community and using technology, using human interactions, and that's what I get really excited about, right? Because we're all just humans and we want to put humanity back in healthcare. And the way to do that is actually, you know, putting those loved ones and those that intentional community around these people. So that's what we're doing, Matt, is really focused on building that community out. We have some really cool applications that are coming out soon for the family that really get them engaged. And quite frankly, as it relates to that intentional community and family, a lot of family members are, in a sense, they're forced into being caregivers, right? They're forced into being put into un- unhealthy, kind of almost unattainable positions of trying to navigate a very broken, weird system. And so what we really want to do at LifeSpark and at UCARE is really help families be able to be sons and daughters and participate in the things that they love about their mom and dad and not have to worry about their next scheduled appointment or making sure that their bottom is clean and making sure that these things are all happening because they lose their sense of their love and compassion for these seniors when we miss that. So so that's really the idea around that intentional community. And that's what I get really excited about with, with LifeSpark and UCARE and how we serve these seniors at home in their own environments of choice.
0: I love those themes of community, you know, family, partnership. And, and we know partnership is a really important component to this. And Hillary, maybe this one's for you. I mean, how has your partnership with LifeSpark helped? To change UCARE's approach to senior care. And you know, what has this partnership enabled you to do to improve the lives of seniors and caregivers?
3: We have our our members have so many different circumstances that they're facing. They have varying economic circumstances. They come from all corners of the state. We've said before that we can't and we won't have a tube sock approach to our members because one size does not fit all. And our partnership with LifeSpark is an example of how we're trying new ideas and concepts so that we can meet these varying needs and and as the needs continue to evolve, we can continue to evolve with with our members. And so the insights that we get from LifeSpark's technology platform allows us to serve our members better and it helps us alleviate the stress on the caregivers. So we particularly like the ability of the platform to take that whole person view that we've been talking about, including looking at the social drivers of health so that we can work with them to help them improve their total well-being. And so this platform gives us a window into the member's whole life, not just their medical history, allows us to understand what matters to them, and then we can adapt our services and the support we offer them. It also connects primary care with other services, a a topic I suspect Joel will want to address more. So we think through our partnership between UCARE and LifeSpark, we'll be able to have a significant impact in helping our most vulnerable members.
1: And Joel, let me ask you, I know LifeSpark really prides itself on providing a more individualized, customized product. How is that helping UCARE better serve its clients?
2: When we work with a population at risk with UCARE, We actually are deploying our full complete system and our model where we're assigning these life managers and we have APPs and MDs that are able to roll out 24, 7, 365 to make sure that we're not only reacting, but anticipating these people's needs over time. And with Hillary and team, we're learning a lot of great stuff. They've got some great relationships with things that kind of big data engine, and we're we're incorporating a lot of these data feeds to really deliver something truly unique that most seniors today in in Minnesota aren't uh, getting, which is what we're working towards, is is growing the population that we can serve, the most vulnerable populations, quite frankly, that we wanna serve together. So that that ability to roll out and and, uh, connect with people in their home with these assets, with these humans, and then be able to use data and technology to keep people out of inpatient stays, and out of hospitalizations, out of acute care events, right? And really that gives them the opportunity to open up their hope door to say, wow, I wanna be with my grandkids. Wow, I might wanna volunteer again, right? So a lot of people get beat down by getting focused on their medical problems and conditions. And what this partnership does with UCARE's Medicare Advantage and some of the dual eligible population payment opportunities allows us to be thoughtful. We have to be accountable obviously to those dollars, but if we're creating return on investment by lowering inpatient stays, lowering costs of care, we can put that money to work in the right way, which is about purpose, passion, identity, being, family. And so that's that's what we're able to do, is bring back and bring in through through thoughtful, accountable, lowering of hospitalizations and huge costly events and taking those dollars and putting them into wonderful opportunities to grow gardens and play with your kids.
1: You, you keep talking, Joel, about, about technology, and, and you don't often hear about technology and senior care to working together really, really well, because seniors and technology just traditionally have not been, like, cohesively partnering. Um, right. So what, what is the right way to integrate technology with senior care, and is there something that you would say is working well in that regard?
2: Yeah, two things. I think when people think of technology, they think of the whiz bangs like, oh, there's a new sensory technology or a new remote monitoring. So we've, we've been really agnostic to sort of like the whiz bangs. We, we definitely incorporate them, but we really listen. Like if somebody has calloused hands, right? They can't use pad technology. They might be blind. They might not have the a, a too small of a wrist to put a smartwatch on. Mm. So what LifeSpark does when we think about in use of technology, we're incorporating lots of different technologies have efficacy to create access and connection almost make tech invisible in some cases and then some cases yes create curated content and tab technology and remote patient monitoring telehealth and teleconnect so so it is kind of a a lot of things that i just said there i'll I'll chime in on that
3: that one as well if if i may And, and i think about it similarly to how joel thinks about it that you have the analytics that's powered by the technology platforms, and then you have the tools and the devices that can help the members and make those connections, whether it's through telehealth or otherwise. And the analytics are so important, but we can't lose sight of the personal stories that uh, supplement those analytics. In fact, Joel and I not so long ago went to lunch with, a uh, individual who's both a client of LifeSpark and a member of UCare, as well as her daughter. And we heard the personal story about how these services had changed her life. And frankly, she'll say saved her life and uh, dramatically improved the quality of her life. And so, um, so it has to all fit together, but then absolutely technology can improve our member experience and how we um, can support our members in, in their homes. We, we also have to recognize that members are at different stages of readiness and comfort level in using technology. So it's important to us to meet members where they are, communicating with them in their preferred modality. And some for some folks, that's through technology. For other folks, it's by making being available for a phone call. Mm-hmm. So we're embarking at UCare on what we call a preferences project, which will allow our members to select as much or as little technology as they want to use when they interact with us at UCARE. And it also, by the way, allows members to select preferred languages and pronouns.
0: That's really cool. So this is a really diverse population and we know it's only growing more racially and ethnically diverse. And the population is growing at the same time. I think I saw a statistic that by 2030, one in five Minnesotans will be 65 and older. So how do you make sure with all of this technology and the changing nature of the population, how do you make sure that health equity stays top of mind with what you're doing at, at UCARE? And, you know, what else are you doing to think about and meet the challenges from these demographic shifts?
3: Matt, this question really cuts the core of Care because when we were founded as a demonstration project 38 years ago, it really was in order to improve access for those who historically experienced inequitable access to care. So even today, equity starts nearly every conversation we have and it's a focus of nearly every decision we make. It's in our DNA. So we haven't lost that focus and we never will lose that focus. And this commitment starts at the very top at UCARE with our board of directors. It also comes from the leaders and from the teams that work at UCARE People know this about us, so they come to UCARE because they share this commitment. And then they stay at UCARE because they can see the difference they're making every day for the members and the communities we serve. So we often talk at UCARE about being on a journey to be an anti-racist organization. And so we've formed an equity inclusion team. And through that team of advisors, we make sure we have the resources, the awareness, and the accountability to travel this road. And just one other comment in response to this question, Matt, as a demographics shift in the communities we serve, we take time to understand about the newest members of our community. So we ask them questions so we can learn from the people we serve what will work for them. We want our members to feel empowered and to have a positive impact on their health as well as their healthcare experience.
1: Hilary, let me ask you about uh, the pandemic and mental health healthcare. You know, although COVID has really put mental health care front and center, how do you and how should all of us promote and expand opportunities to integrate mental health care into senior care?
3: I'm so glad you asked this question as well because mental health is a really important focus area for us right now at UCARE. Because we believe that mental health needs to be evaluated and treated right alongside physical health for everyone. The mind-body connection is deep and medical conditions often have an accompanying mental health or symptoms and vice versa. And that's where that whole person 360 view is so critical We also understand that the mental health needs of aging people can be different from the general population. So we need to build up subspecialties as a community in areas such as um, geriatrics, geriatric therapists and counselors. And then we also need to attract students to these specialties. For that reason, UCARE is partnering with two local organizations to pay for internships for mental health students in both rural and urban areas in response to the mental health workforce shortage. We also recognize that mental health needs vary among different ethnic groups and different racial groups. So to help to address mental health stigma, for example, faced by many black men, we have partnered with an innovative organization called the Confess Project, in which uh, we work with them to train trusted barbers and hairstylists that serve the black community. And they have become available and trained to advocate for their clients, provide mental health resources and encourage folks to seek treatment.
1: That's
0: wonderful. That's awesome. So uh, we've covered so much ground here today, uh, and a lot of great questions, but there's one that we always have to ask our panelists, and I'll start with you, Hillary, and then Joel, please jump in. So what do you think is the next big thing in health?
3: Matt, the next big thing in health from our perspective at UCARE is to truly move the dial in health disparities. This has always been a focus for UCARE, as I mentioned, but we know we can do more and we need to do more. We all have a long way to go to undo centuries of structural racism and disparities in healthcare, and we all need to do better to understand the conditions that produce these health and racial disparities, and then to start changing them. At UCARE, we hold ourselves accountable to produce measurable results, uplift the health of everyone in our communities, not just those with means and with opportunity.
0: All right, Joel, you get the last word here.
2: The next big thing uh, as it relates to what we're all about is, is the same thing is we want to help people age magnificently, all of all people, all seniors, all products. And I think the opportunity to show the world that working with people holistically and longitudinally, when I mean longitudinally, I mean lifelong, right? There's a lot of solutions and a lot of players that are out there playing in just these one year stints or, you know, disease stints or environment stints. And the next big thing is for providers and to payers to be bold and to build out truly unique, new systems of excellence for these populations to be to be served uh, across all cohorts, across all disparities.
1: Age magnificently, that's my new, my new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, like that. Have,
2: that's
0: right, we should be.
1: Yeah, or just find the fountain of youth and then we don't even have to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Well I love your animated passion. You have you it's contagious and it's been so fun to to, to listen to you and to learn about what you guys are doing. Joel and uh, Hillary, thank you both so much. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. That was a great finish.